0: and we're live welcome to don't be coy i'm your host uncle Lou, and today i have the honor pleasure and utmost appreciation to have with me miss danielle hunter danielle thank you for being on the show how are you doing this evening
1: hi i'm doing good glad to be here
0: okay that's good that's good how was your week
1: my week was pretty good just still adjusting to the new apartment, but everything is going pretty well.
0: What's it called? Do you you feel like you have everything put together? Or are you still kind of decorating and things?
1: Yeah, it's my favorite part. I get to decorate and I feel like with my apartment, it's a great blank slate and I can't wait to get everything together and make it feel like home.
0: All right, well, speaking of blank slates, I think it would be a nice time to introduce yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: of course. Hi, my name is Danielle. I am currently a graduate student studying clinical mental health counseling with a specialization in art therapy. Um, I spend most of my time either creating art for fun or for others or studying, um, working towards this licensure.
0: Oh, okay. Nice, nice, nice. Now, one thing that like, I really appreciate and like that Um, people wouldn't know about you is that you grew up in Hawaii. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, my dad was in the army. So we were stationed in Hawaii for in total about 10 years of my life, but I really only remember the last seven. Um, I mean, it was uh, to me a really amazing experience, just, um, living on an island, of course, (laughs) but also being surrounded by the culture and really getting to experience, um, what it really means to live in Hawaii you know
0: yeah no I, I feel that I feel like we're going to come back to this a little bit so you know you you're doing getting your master's in art therapy so like can you describe a little bit of what mental health means to you like how would you define mental health self-care and uh, holistic wellness
1: mm-hmm. yeah um It's really, I like to compare it to like physical health. Like it's something that we all have. And Mm -hmm. even if it's, even if we feel okay, like it's something we actively maintain, right? So this is why, you know, we use self-care as a way of making sure that we're at a place where we can be present in the things that we're doing. Um, Things like engaging in activities that bring you joy have even play having time to just have fun and um do the things that you really enjoy yeah you know those are things that we do to maintain our physical health like how we take care of our bodies we take care of our mental health
0: yeah so like let's let's tease on that a little bit you you say like um taking care of yourself is like doing what's fun or like you know being in that place of um total happy not necessarily total happiness but a place of happiness wellness things of that nature like so I'm curious to your perspective on the connection between like creativity and like self-expression and like you know when you speak about having fun like what does it exactly that look like from like a creative um, perspective or like that expressive perspective for someone who's just like trying to make that connection between like What they do is that's fun. And like what they can do to soothe them for like mental health and mental well-being, Cause it's like, you know, once you learn that you can identify something as a tool, then you have to learn how to use that tool like appropriately, right? It's like, you wouldn't hammer in something with a screwdriver, just like you would, you don't necessarily want to pound in a screw with a hammer. Each tool has its purpose. So it's like, I'm curious to your perspective on like, when someone has that creative outlook or that expressiveness that they realize makes them happy, how can they use that as a tool for like their mental health?
1: That's a great question. And I mean, the beautiful thing about being humans are so complex is so many different ways that we can be creative. You know, I think in some ways, we as a society maybe have like limit what you like in order to be creative you have to create something that others can objectively look at and be like that's nice yeah that's that's kind of how we define it but to me really creative expression is the ability to take something that is non-tangible and making it a tangible thing Mm. and the creativeness is what happens in that process so not necessarily that product that you created but how you felt while you were engaging in that process? Was there a feeling of ease? Was there a feeling of joy? Did you feel an excitement of, of, of what that final product might look like? Or if even if, there, if the final pro- product is a, a journey, yeah. and it takes time. Are you being compassionate with yourself as you maybe make mistakes and you have to correct them and then you get to see how you're creative and engaging in how, you, how we fix it. it? It really, to me, the way we engage in the creative process speaks to a lot of how we engage with the things that happen around us. And it's it's almost like practicing it. Yeah. Like stretching your muscles before you run. Um, you're getting an opportunity to be with yourself in process of something that you enjoy. And I don't know, it translates so well to how we engage with the world around us.
0: Yeah, no, I really like that. Especially how you, so like, for me, I see how that can articulate from a business perspective. Like you have um, like capital, a capital budget, and then you have like a operational budget and your operational budget, you know, manages like your, your day-to-day essentially. Like if we're gonna make the analogy from like a um, human perspective, it's just like, or mental health perspective, it's just like your average day, like your life, going to work, whatever that might look like the mundaneness in like capital accounts the only way that you can use something to spend on something with capital um, capital funds is if that a good business practice is if it retains a asset towards the operations so like what i'm hearing you say is it's like a part of that creative process is more than just like oh okay like I'm about to paint this and then this is what I created or the create. But it's also the process of creating that that takes you to another level that adds value to your day to day, if that makes sense. It mm-hmm. kind of essentially spans you. Am I hearing that correctly?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I it, it's it's how does that fuel you? Mm. What do you what do you get from that process?
0: Yeah. OK, so like I guess that's a really good segue to how does art do that for you, right? Like, you know, you're studying art therapy. So it's like, obviously there's a connection there and we can go into that if you would like to. But then there's also just the, yourself self expression of art. Like you've chosen to let your own personal passion like also be your career driver as well. And so I'm like really interesting interested in around how art became that for you?
1: Yeah. Um, I think it started as a really young, like as a kid, um, I come from a military family. So sometimes we moved every two to three years. Um, and every time we moved, my mom would take us to the store, take us to the craft section and be like, get one thing. And I'd take that thing home. Sometimes it was latch hooking. Sometimes it was just these like little 3D sticker boards. And I would just, I I would find so much joy in seeing the picture, seeing all these pieces and figuring out how to put them together to get that And it was just, the process was so enjoyable. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I, you know, went to college, took a gen site class. It was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Something just clicked for me. and through studying and then also reflecting on my personal experiences and uses of art I was like there's something to being able to pair psychology and art that I feel could be that could help people like go towards wellness Mm. Mm.
0: can you like um explain some of some the practices like that you're learning or like um, the applications of that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're learning a lot about understanding about art materials and the different kind of emotions or feelings that it kind of, um, can bring upon. Like we have something called, um, the express expressive therapies continuum. And it talks about the different senses we have, perception, affect, um, cognitive, um, kinesthetic all of those ways that we engage and like which art materials can cause you to be calm feel a calm like watercolors yeah a very fluid material can bring a sense of calmness so if you have someone maybe that is experiencing anxiousness maybe you could use watercolors um in your intervention yeah Um, so it's really interesting to learn like how to not only say we're going to make this thing, but like here are the art materials that we can use to help you achieve your goals.
0: Yeah. So let me, let me ask you this then. So like what I'm hearing you say is like art therapy in a sense, not only addresses like one side of an individual, like the cognitive side, but it also can engage like if someone is like, I don't know how they how one would call it, but like you know, like a visual learner or someone that likes to do more things with their hands, it can engage like that aspect of an individual as well through like uh, different like mediums of art. Am I understanding that correctly?
1: Yeah, yeah. Art therapy really gives an opportunity for the therapist and the client to um engage in really nonverbal communication too. Mm. So. There, there's a lot that you get, um, like maybe more something that someone wasn't consciously aware of that you can get from engaging in art materials that you might not get to through just talk therapy alone.
0: So when you say talk therapy, is that same thing as like cognitive behavior therapy or?
1: Yeah, well, cognitive behavioral therapy is one of the theories that we use and mm. they have actually adapted it to fit. Um, to use art materials as well yeah. Um, and then talk therapy is just like the form uh, of therapy where you sit across from your therapist and have more of a conversation Um, with art therapy it takes in different forms some are in studios and are are in art studios or some are on school campuses and it's just where you're engaging in art materials um, as a way of treatment
0: yeah I feel that Is there a a particular population that you wanna serve?
1: Yeah, I really, I want to focus on more of a preventative mental health. How do we um, get people to kind of their baseline? So like when life happens, they have the tools and the resources to be able to not let, not have those um, typical life experiences um, completely change their lives. And so I really want to focus on um, early childhood um, ways of teaching about emotions, about how to deal with emotions, how to deal with conflict resolution, um, making sure that they have resources such as basic needs, food, water, nutrition, so that when they become adults, you know, they have the tools and the resources and the confidence to do what they what they desire to do in adulthood.
0: Yeah, so I'm curious on like what that would look like cause I can see this on like so many different levels, right? I can see this at the policy level where, you know you in state that um, at all elementary schools they have to have some type of um, art therapy associated with their classroom curriculum or something of that nature. I can see it becoming a part of like standard Um, I guess you could say like standard behavior like we do for children now, where if they go to a primary care provider, they're getting like all their shots, boosters, all those kind of things. And like, would art therapy be one of those things and engage with it? Like, or like, would somebody say like on another end of the spectrum, like, um, okay, I'm gonna take my child to an art therapist, similar to like um, nowadays, if you want your kids to be really good at like a certain sport, you bring them to that type of camp um, early on in their life. So like, you know, I don't know if it's like um, painting this picture for you, but like I'm seeing many different avenues of this application. And like, I'm curious around like, how accessible can this be, right? you know because i'm i'm sure that there's a lot of disparities amongst different communities when it comes to like mental health even the recognition of mental health right um but like how can you apply what i'm hearing you say not really like um you know you went through life and um you know this is gonna be the this is going to be the form or the tool i'm going to use to help you navigate it but more so to create like that baseline to say, like, you know, how, not necessarily, how does this make you feel, but like, how can you use this as a way of expressiveness? Similarly, as a way to cope through when things do come because life is going to happen. That's inevitable. So I'm, I'm curious around like just your thought for how this can be applied to like, how does this, how do you see this in practice? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think that is something, I mean, throughout this, you know, cause I'm, I'm still just a student, I'm still just a trainee. I've been really deeply thinking about because you're totally right. Um, even within mental health right now, there's such a gap in accessibility between marginalized um, communities. Um, Whether there is stigma around going and seeking out mental health care or even when you want to seek out mental health care, um, you come to barriers with insurance not wanting to cover that or covering very limited amounts or very specific amounts and only if you have a diagnosis um, covering your care and even then you can get denied care. But then even if you do end up having insurance that works for you and you are of a BIPOC community, it is so hard to find a counselor that can just get it on a level that you feel comfortable and that is culturally accessible for you. So accessibility is something I I, I take deeply into consideration, especially when working with a ch- with a population, children specifically, BIPOC children, that are at a very vulnerable and developmental stage in their life, just really making sure that they have access. And I think a way to reach them is through the school system. Um, That's kind of where I'm landing right now is meeting with them where they're at, where they have Mm. to be um, and making sure that no matter what their income level of that property around surrounding the school, that these human beings deserve access to mental health care, and they deserve to have an adequate amount of care on the school campuses to make sure that we meet the needs of the students by not only providing mental health care, but also making sure they have food, they have water, where we're meeting the needs of the children, um, their basic needs along with their mental health needs. That's kind of how I see it coming in
0: Yeah. So how can something like art therapy be accessible to someone who um, is of a lower socioeconomic status?
1: Mm -hmm. And and this is something where um, the field, I feel, has really been faced with um, figuring out when COVID hit because Mm. we had to go to telehealth and versus where we're able to get grants and ways to pay for and buy art supplies and they've They've really vary. Um, we had to get creative on how what is something someone is likely to have, paper and pencil. Mm. You know, and how do we use that to still get and engage in the, the the therapeutic aspect of using art materials. Yeah. And so like a part of being an art therapist is being creative and being able yeah. to meet people where they're at. Yeah you know, cause that's, that's where the change comes. That's where the healing comes.
0: Mm, okay. Well, that makes sense. I, I, I totally get that. So like, um, I guess going back into that question of like applications and things of that nature, like how have you put your type of therapy into your own life? Like how do you practice your own version of like art therapy?
1: Ooh, I think I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> um, it, it's 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 very much. Um, I, I think of it developmentally, right? Like each age, each move, each place that I'm at. I'm my as my life circumstances change, so do my needs. Mm, so yeah. I, I have to evolve my practice um, to meet me where I'm at. And with me just having a new move, I'm definitely at the place where I'm exploring what that means what are my needs and then how can i use what i have to to fulfill those needs
0: yeah but you say that so not necessarily casually but like kind of casually because that's something that you recognize right like you recognize that okay i'm in this place of change and therefore my said routine probably won't be the same my needs won't be the same so it's like what's awesome it call is identifying that your needs of chains have was it did it something that you recognize by keep on trying to do the same old thing and it doesn't feel the same or is it just like an innate instinct where your desires change your wants of like um what gives you comfort change? so like how did you i guess you could say get to that moment
1: yeah yeah it's really in self reflection um yeah. i'm i'm a thinker so I, um, I remember even growing up, going through middle school, I would like reflect on the year and think about what I did or what happened to me and how that shaped where I am right now. And like, so I kind of practiced that, but that is really something we can all we all access. Right. Being able to just reflect like, OK, in this moment, I feel that something feels off. OK, what is that? OK, maybe I'm feeling anxious. Why is that? Oh, because you're in a whole new city. You know, like just being able to, um, to, ref- to, to, to take a moment to stop and reflect on what is going on in me, and then what, what can I do with that information? I know that I love trees, so I can go <laughs> take a walk. Yeah. I know that um, my cat just brings me joy, so I can just bring out the laser pointer. And there, there's things that I can do. I can paint. I can go do art nights with friends like there's things that i can do to help me when i can recognize what i'm trying to help
0: yeah okay so like in art therapy and the application of that like how would you coach someone to do that type of said reflection like is it um drawing out like a moment in time is it like how how does art therapy apply in those kind of situations? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, I have to give my f- my favorite answer and it says, it depends on who <laughs> sits in front of me and what their needs are, what they feel comfortable using. But um, it, it that, that kind of is using art materials and reflecting on topics um, instead of saying, hey, tell me about this really hard time. I could be like, draw what colors, shapes come to mind um, when you think of something associated with that. And Mm. we can explore um, more so of what that product means versus having you talk about it about yourself. I don't know, there's something about it being externalized that it feels safer to go there, you know? And, And you gain a deeper insight of what's there. So that's kind of what you use art materials you use what is most accessible to the person to help them gain deeper insight um through thinking about things in a, in a completely different way
0: yeah so i'm curious and i might pivot the conversation a little bit so like does this essentially mean that like um when when you're re when you ask someone that like hey t- reflect on the situation how did it feel like draw this for me or like um give me some like colors or whatever or something of that nature does that mean that certain colors are associated with certain emotions like how does that work
1: mm. at, at full disclosure like this is just my understanding of what i've researched so far but, um, <laughs> but <laughs> so this is just my interpretation but I, I don't think there's much like interpreting that's happening there mm. you know um because i who am I to tell you or, or to say that's true that that color means that to you, right? Oh, like yeah. we're, we're all so different. So like what the meaning that the client would assign to it is what matters, you know, like mm-hmm. I can't be like, oh, you I see you through you drew three ducks and two trees. So clearly you have a phobia of ducks. Yeah, I, I can't make that assumption. But if they say, oh, yeah, like when I was younger we used to go to a pond and there were always ducks and they make me happy like that's the meaning that um that's the insight that they're gaining yeah oh hey i drew that because that brings me joy yeah yeah
0: huh hmm i'm curious so like share with me like we we talked a little bit about like you being in hawaii and things of that nature so like, do you mind sharing with me like one of your favorite memories from that? Ooh,
1: there's so many, but I guess my favorite memory, memories would be anytime me and my family went to, um, there's a military cabin um, beach called Pili Lao And anytime we went there, I don't know, I just always have like memories of watching the sunset and just being on the beach and going to eat. And it was just, fun we just played uno we barbecued like some those were some of my favorite moments of um i don't know just having such a beautiful place to just be with my family Mm.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah no that makes a that makes a lot of sense how's that like how's that feeling now being so so far away from and stuff like i know like um your family is very important to you and like you're you're also in the pursuit of this career right like you're, because I'm assuming that art therapy isn't something that's everywhere, is it?
1: I feel like it's fairly new.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, you have to go to specialized schools to get that kind of training, to get that kind of, which I think is also really cool. You know, like as somebody who went to a liberal arts school, it's like math and science. There's only... (laughs) (laughs) there's I have to be a doctor a lawyer engineer you know (laughs) (laughs) but like um to find this kind of like specialized training and then also put yourself in a situation where you take yourself from your family like um do you feel like as as you've grown as an individual and you were saying like you know as It depends on the phase in your life like your needs may change and things of that nature do you feel like that favorite memory where you highlighted your family like is that something that is still like a very key um how would you say driver for you or like um foundational pillar um would you say that
1: yeah like it's kind of the memory that like grounds me Mm. it's, it's very grounding like okay I I don't know I can I think about it and it brings me peace Mm. it's it's like I can almost access the joy I was feeling when I was there like our memories are just so like if you like when I um you know moving here and being close to the Pacific Ocean and like being able to go and smelling that water like it brings me to that that time and Mm. that memory like it's a it's a very grounding memory for me um so that's kind of why I always hang on to it. Yeah.
0: That's very beautiful. And I, I like the fact that you, I would have never made that connection between like, you know, you being in a faraway land, cause your family, they're now in Texas, right?
1: Most, yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's just like, with most of your family being in Texas now and like um, you being far away from there, like the ocean is technically still the same. And so it's just like, yeah, it's a little bit different, <laughs> but um, still having that kind of grounding memory, huh? So like, let me let me ask, is that something that um, is usually talked about a lot in therapy, having like a grounded memory? Like I've never heard that kind of language before.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm that was like an insight I gained moving here and being, you know, that that was something I just picked up. Um, But um, that, uh, sorry, what was your question again?
0: (laughs) No, it's all good. Like um, grounded memories, is that like a, is that, so when I say like, is that like a therapy thing, I guess is what I'm asking is um, like, how is that something that you identified that um, was going to be something that you would need, right? Like whenever you come, I guess you could say, come to a new place or going through a new change in your life and you're like, there's sure to be moments of it that aren't necessarily the most desirable, right? But like you find things in your past that make you happy and then dissect that and be able to plug that in into like whatever your current situation is. Cause I never personally would have ever thought to been like, Oh, I'm in, um, uh, literally if I was you, I'm in Washington, Pacific ocean, Hawaii, Pacific ocean, same thing, like make that connection between the two and like use that as a, a point to say like, Oh man, like that really brought me happiness. Like. Is that like a, a therapy technique or is that something that you just practice yourself?
1: Um, I, I feel like that's something I just practiced myself, but I could totally see that um, depending on like someone's theoretical perspective, um, being able to connect your past to your present. Um, I definitely think is something people can use it's definitely and if it works for them Mm. if that's what that person would need
0: I was about to say that could go really bad depending how your past would be Mm -hmm. but like there's something about like finding being present and like finding something that makes you joy and taking a snapshot of that you know like whether it's like a, a screenshot or something of like that of that nature but like taking a screenshot of your life to say like hey like I really like this moment. I might need it later. Like, I really like how our our body just does that for us. Mm -hmm. Like really tries to take care of us and things of that nature.
1: It really does. (laughs) Yeah. And I would say that that's something you have done too. Like when we went to the sand dunes, Mm -hmm. like it was that concept that you mentioned Mm. of, of this is a place like when you're having a hard time to remember just being in a place where you can just relax.
0: Mm yeah no that is that is very true I I think that um, for me that's actually been something really hard to do like these past couple of weeks these past couple of years really it's these past two years have been like really really crazy and like I think that um, one of the things for me personally, is that I've really engaged with my mental health and really engage to say like, this is going to be a priority for me and something that I'm going to quote, take seriously. And uh, for that, like, I feel like pr- I pressed the reset button. It's, it's, it's not like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna focus on my mental health and like now I'm all good. And it's just like, I'm gonna do this, that, and the third and everything's okay recognizing certain behaviors recognizing certain trends aligning that to my goal realizing that certain behaviors do not align with said goal is like like a whirlwind it literally rocked my world and learning how to um, um i guess you could say develop those new like not necessarily coping strategies but like toolkits Um, and those new tools and developing those new mechanisms to bring me to that point of peace. It's uh, really been a very transformative thing. Like, um, that's why when you say about self-reflection and like uh, we talked about like the sand dunes or like even whenever you um, came into this new place, like the importance of that and like, You know, that's always been like a reoccurring thing just to be able to pause and just take it all in. And I think it's something about like, for example, the sand dunes like you brought up, like just that quietness that came with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, you know, uh, as the (laughs) Um, as the famous like quote goes, it's like peace be still. You know what I'm saying? And um finding that contentment in that peace. Um when you're like at that still moment. That's uh that's been a journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's definitely been a journey. I would definitely say that. I don't I don't know necessarily about you, but like for me, uh just the idea that this was going to be something that I would have to take care of mm-hmm. is like wild to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like <laughs> it's like um not to say like adulting is hard cuz I I don't I don't want to prescribe to that, mm-hmm. but it's like there's a lot of things that we take a, a Um, take for granted as in our youth that we don't necessarily realize are like stepping stones to things and it's like there's really no necessarily break from it because life never stops so it's like in order for you to find that peace and to be able to um, get to that point of um, um, happiness or whatever You have to take that reflection and recognize where you are understand your current state and assess the situation and move forward Mm -hmm. it's um it's a wild process man
1: it really is and i think it's a practice you know and um i think this is why you know i choose the population i want to work with is because it's something that we can only practice if we're taught Mm. it's not
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, because you don't want to be 30 years old and just, you know, I can't say that I don't know who I am because I'm very confident in knowing who I am as an individual. But like um, when life hits you and knowing what you need to do Mm -hmm. and knowing what you need to do in a healthy manner that helps you get to that, that that is a practice, right? Because... You know, we all had to crawl before we walked, literally, like no one came out just like, I got this.
1: (laughs) And and, and before that, we had to we had to have belly time. We had to have tummy time. Yeah. We had to practice that back muscle, like Mm. from the moment that um, you are in the womb. you There are things that we're doing that we are practicing. You know, you get your heartbeat. Because that needs to practice because that needs to be able to sustain outside of the wound. That's something you'll need lifelong. Right. Like learning how to care for ourselves. Yeah. Is a muscle we have to work. Yeah. It's it's necessary. Learning how to be in community with others is a muscle we have to work. It's something we have to practice.
0: So like. My I don't regret going on my self-care journey. I don't regret my mental health journey at all, Um, but, you know, sometimes it's not pretty, just like practice. You know what I'm saying? Like um, some people, they just are naturals at it, it seems like, and they just have all these different things going on. Um, But I make this analogy with like basketball, like some people, when they first started playing, like, they, they, their dribbles were not the prettiest thing. But through practice, it gets a little bit better. Like, how does one, like, begin to start this journey, go to the practices, don't, and don't get discouraged when they, when they either mess up at practice or, oh, you know, have a bad day at practice or, like, it just does not look cute.
1: Mm. Yeah, because th- this journey is, messy. Mm. It it has its beautiful moments but a lot of times you have to get through some really tough moments to get to those beautiful moments Um, and I I, I think to answer that question I'm landing with everything I'm learning these past, I mean because I've been studying psychology since 2012 so I'm really landing
0: Ten years. Yeah, it's been a long time. (laughs) (laughs) That makes you an expert in the field now, huh? Ten years of experience, a decade.
1: (laughs) And I feel like I've only like barely scratched the surface. Yeah. Because we are so unique. Yeah. And that is one of the most beautiful things I think about humanity. And so like the way you heal will not be the way I heal because what I went through and what I'm having to heal from is not what you went through or what you're having to heal from. Yeah. And so there's, I don't know of, of being able to see that our journey is going to be unique. And that is this hard because we want to be able to say, okay, they did this and this worked. Therefore I'm going to try to do that. And that works. Mm. That could be a way to try to figure out what works for you. Yeah. But like, it's not going to look the same. Mm yeah
0: and recognizing that like in this practice that it's not always going to look the same for every single body and like i guess you could say pay attention to yourself mm-hmm. so do you purposely give yourself like self time you know i know like you know like technically like you live alone but it's just like well it's not technically you do besides daisy the cat He's important. <laughs> exactly <laughs> daisy is important Um, But like, you know, technically you have your alone time, but like, do you purposely say like, I'm not doing chores, I'm not studying, I'm not friend time, I'm not family time, I'm not sitting here thinking about whatever else. I'm just going to focus on self time. Do you designate that or do you like find the ebb and flow in the day and just try to make sure that you keep your cup full throughout?
1: Mm -hmm. Great question. Well, for for me and how I am, I have to intentionally seek like and engage in community. Mm. That's something I have to work on because I I have a tendency to isolate. Like okay. that's my comfort zone, um, is being by myself in my off, off in my little corner. Um, and so, but but what I'm landing on is like how important engaging and healing in community is. Yeah, because like we said, it's messy. And there are times um, I think community is so important because if if we feel like we're in life, it's going to bring challenges that make us fall. Like it's so great to have people who you can trust to catch you. Yeah. And I think there's so much that's there's so much value in having a community that you can heal amongst. Yeah. You know.
0: No, that's (laughs) I, I really like that because it's like just kind of what you were saying, like. And setting up those foundational skills and having that practice like um do you find yourself going out more or like what does that look like particularly for you in the sense of building community
1: mm-hmm. yeah f- specifically for me because i'm a military brat um there is a practice of like intentionally maintaining yeah because i'm so used to people leaving a year after moving, so you don't that attachment um, was was insecure, and so for me, it's like knowing where, um, leaning into those vulnerabilities, mm. and knowing like being using discernment and and knowing who I can trust and who I can be around, and who cares for me, and and leaning into that, and that to me, that's where the healing comes. Oh, it's safe for me to be vulnerable in this space. I don't know. To for me, that's where my healing comes. No,
0: I I, I totally understand that. Well, you know, I really appreciate you taking time out and being on the show. I want to end it real quickly with some lightning questions, if that's okay with you. That's great. All right. So what is your favorite relaxation or self-care activity?
1: My favorite self-care activity is going on walks.
0: What? (laughs) It's so
1: pretty. It's so pretty here. Yeah. Pacific Northwest is so pretty.
0: No, I get that. Like. No, especially when you can see literally like mountains in the background,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the mountains in the ocean.
1: Yes. What
0: is your favorite book recommendation?
1: Favorite book recommendation. Uh, this was my all time favorite book in middle school. It was the Cirque du Freak series by Dan Shan.
0: What is that about?
1: <laughs> it's a vampire novel. Oh
0: wow. <laughs> I was definitely
1: that person. And yes, I enjoy walks here because it reminds me of Twilight.
0: Oh my goodness. I'm that person. Oh my goodness. <laughs> one person you want to thank for your journey thus far uh,
1: one person one person I, just one yes, yes. <laughs> definitely my dad mm. he he's supported me through everything any crazy idea i'm like hey dad i want to do this thing and he's always been there to support me and i think that's the only reason why i have the confidence um to pursue the career that i'm doing right now yeah no,
0: i totally i totally understand that well, thank you again. This has been another episode of Don't Be Coy with Uncle Lou. As always, I'd like to thank this episode's guest for a great conversation, as well as thank you, the listener, for joining in. Whether you're a first-time listener or regular, I always appreciate your support. If you like today's episode and ever want to listen to more, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And to join our community and access future bonus content, be sure to visit dbkpodcast.com.